Typically, your ultimate objective should be pretty straightforward. Make $300,000 a year, achieve 10% more growth. You don't want to have your end objective to have a lot of fluff. Your big objective then turns into micro goals. Ensure that your micro goals are smart, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. We need that aspect of time to hold ourselves accountable and keep us on pace. Adding the element of time makes it real. Micro goals then turn into monthly or quarterly targets measured by KPIs, Key Performance Indicators, or OKRs, Objectives and Key Responsibilities. Finally, those specific targets are turned into a master list of individual actions that we do weekly or even daily that are simple in scope that as we complete each one, we are filling in another piece of the puzzle that in the grand scheme of things help us achieve the bigger vision. It's absolutely critical that you set realistic, achievable marketing goals as you work backwards. Otherwise, you will lose momentum and your marketing will underperform. Marketing Made Simple, hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson, brought to you by the HealthSpot Podcast Network, is meant to bring you practical tips to make your marketing easy and more importantly, make it work. If you're a listener of I Digress, you already know my emphasis of simplification leads to sustainability, scalability, and success. In the same parallel, I encourage you to listen to Dr. J.J. Peterson as he breaks down various marketing tactics to help you scale and grow your business in a very easy and a very practical way. A few recent episodes he talks about is creating a social media ad strategy that works, multiply your output, not your effort with social media, and five must-haves for an effective sales funnel. Look, I think we all can agree that marketing is not always easy. It can be very challenging. And if you're a listener of I Digress, then I'm sure you will more than love what Dr. J.J. Peterson drops on Marketing Made Simple, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. You can listen to Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. How can marketers overcome customer acquisition and retention challenges using data? Marketers need to first understand that metrics, OKRs, and KPIs are critical to capturing, measuring, quantifying, and optimizing acquisition, retention, and top-line revenue. Marketers will be often forced to be assessed with a lot of data metrics. Honestly, a lot of SVPs, VPs, CEOs, C-suite, executive leaders, mid-level leaders, business owners, once they get introduced to data, (laughs) they almost sometimes can't have enough. They want people to just constantly get them data, like they're data mining, but then they don't do anything with the data. They can't quantify and make actionable decisions with the data. And so that's a really big problem. We have to understand there's some data you need, but there's probably a lot of data you don't need. And so with that being said, it comes down to either the person who is in marketing or the marketers themselves who are forced to be obsessed over a lot of data that don't move the needle or provide the accurate or adequate insights on how to maintain what one already has and take them to a greater level of growth. Knowing the specific data points will help you identify strategies for reducing the acquisition costs, which customers are the biggest buyers and where the highest and smallest volumes are coming from. They will present solid data to triangulate the shift to increase acquisition and retention sustainability. Don't forget to apply machine learning methods to create predictive models as well. 
because there will always be too many variables for one marketer or a team of marketers or even third parties to review independently. And it's extremely timely, costly, and just a whole thing. Balancing the number of important variables to track using machine learning and automation to offset time and costs and having an analytical roadmap to follow will help you all the way through. So to recap, don't just have software and teams collecting data if it's not valuable to what you're trying to be. I always like to ask people this, and I'll reference this from my book, Strategize Up, The Simplified Blueprint to Scaling Your Business. I talk about this really early on in the book, like on page 10. I basically break down, instead of doing a series of reports, condensing down to only one, and let each team highlight the section that matters to them. If you can't come to an understanding of what is and isn't working within an hour, you need to reduce the variables you measure and the tasks you perform until you can. So, when you think about how to overcome customer acquisition or retention challenges and using data as a solution directly or indirectly to help you overcome that wall, you have to understand that one of the biggest problems is that you're considering too many variables. I talked about this in my previous episode, Vitagress, when we talked about breadth versus depth. Even in how you position in your language of your business, of your solutions, what you know, however the spectrum grows for you, you also have to consider the breadth and depth internally as well. And so you have to make sure that you are optimizing internally so you can really scale externally. What's up, digital world? You're listening to the I Digress audio experience with Troy Sanders. Social media, marketing, storytelling, business, culture, and more. Coming to you in three, two, one. A lot of the customer acquisition and retention challenges are all from mishandlement of time, resources, software, people, and lack of capacity because they're spending the time, resources, people, elsewhere that aren't moving the needle, that aren't changing the game, that aren't allowing you the free flow freedom to meet the customer where they are to close those deals and increase your acquisitions while simultaneously reducing the cost, the friction, and the time to close those deals so you can close even more deals. But that requires you not only to have an understanding of the data, but knowing which data to track, not just for the customer, but for your team. How long does it take for you to have a conversion? What's your sales velocity? What's your customer acquisition velocity? What's your time to commit to close the ideal audience for you, the ideal customer or client for you? Like, what does that look like in scope? And what was all the steps to get there? Do you have meetings around those data points? It's not just what did Google come in with? What did Facebook and LinkedIn come in with? What did my website come in with? You know, how long was the session? Where, what is my bounce rate? You know, Yes, and we're going to look at MRR and AR and all the things, all the nerdy jargon, but let's be real. A big reason why you aren't getting the acquisition that you want, the retention that you want, the scalability, the sustainability that you want is that you're not optimizing your internal systems to communicate and basically build where you want to be externally as an organization. And you are trying to chase this big vision, but you haven't instilled the infrastructure to reach that vision. And so it feels like you're always chasing. 
So data is going to help you on both ends, not just externally where you're getting the output of the identifiers of the customers or pre-customer or they're a hot lead, they're a cold lead, they're a warm lead, all those things. So keep in mind, marketers, keep in mind, executive teams, keep in mind, CEOs, founders and owners, doesn't matter the industry. You must understand that you have to maintain a high level capacity and optimization internally and externally in harmony in a very holistic and manageable way in order for you to maintain more retention and reduce your challenges and friction points. I have a question for you. Are you measuring the right data? If you're in social media and you're trying to improve and optimize your rev ops, your growth strategies, your marketing strategies, your branding strategies to increase your community, increase your output, increase your ROI, whether that's return on investment, return on improvement, your revenue streams, you got to be measuring the right type of data. Our good friends at Agora Pulse are here to prove ROI. Here's why you need to go beyond measuring likes and engagement. 98% of social media posts that could lead to website visits, lead to conversions, or point blank revenue will never be tracked. 28% of organizations feel they can attribute value to business outcomes driven by social media. And to be honest, it's not that many. 72% of the most profitable companies compute the ROI of their content marketing. So if you're not deemed right now in the top successful businesses or organizations in your space, and if you're not tracking like 98% of your social media posts to attribute to sales and marketing deliverables to see if you're converting to leads and even revenue, and do you honestly feel right now that you see social media just posting just a post and not as a way to attribute value to business outcomes? Agora Pulse makes tracking business impact easy. Centralized UTM management, a single dashboard for multiple data sources, and easy to read reports for stakeholders. Get actionable insights that grow your business. Know your social media business impact and how do you calculate social media ROI. Agora Pulse is here to prove that. The link will be in the show notes. What are the main components of a successful MarTech stack in 2022? Even today, the core of a successful MarTech stack will always include a customer management system, a CMS for inbound, and a customer relationship management system, a CRM for nurturing leads, maintaining active customers, and evangelizing relationships for growth. Hmm. I think I'm on their network. Hmm. HubSpot.com, maybe I should take a look at that. And a marketing automation platform, MAP, for streamlining marketing processes, removing system bottlenecks, and amplifying CX, which CX stands for your customer experience. So a CMS, a customer management system, a CRM, a customer relationship management system, and a marketing automation platform or MAP. All those three you just need it to do for a really healthy, sustainable MarTech stack. Additionally, one uses social media as its highway to build the community and email marketing is still the OG. It's still the only proper channel that you own to really that when all the platforms go away or aren't working that day or shut down, Facebook down, LinkedIn down, Instagram down, email is still there. It's like the mail. Like people still don't want to use the mail, but when you got to, oh, faithful, oh, reliable. And again, email is also not predicated by algorithms or third-party rules. So the main components of a successful MarTech stack in 2022, a CMS, customer management system, a CRM, customer relationship management tool, a map, a marketing automation platform, your email, your social media, and you'll be solid. 
What should be a top priority for a brand that wants to improve customer experience? We've seen so much change with hybrid workforces in the past few years. And keeping remote teams connected with customers has continued to be one of the greatest challenges coming through this period. But with HubSpot CRM's full suite of service tools, teams can stay connected no matter where they are. With a customizable space where customers can open, track, and manage all of their service tickets, Customer Portals gives your customers more transparency and autonomy than ever before. And since Customer Portals are connected to a shared team inbox, issues are resolved faster and more efficiently, giving your teams and customers more time to focus on what really matters. Learn more about how to keep your customers and teams connected and how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. Oh, I got a good answer for you. You ready? A top priority should be the inside out, top down approach. I'm going to say that again. A top priority should be the inside out, top down approach. You must activate, empower, and connect your internal team and employees to provide a CX, a customer experience worthy of satisfying a dynamic audience. The very best brands create the best customer-centric companies. The very best brands create the best customer-centric companies. Once that is created, and the other thing is it must be readily maintained, it will come down to applying this new acronym I just came up with. <laughs> SOAP, simplification, omni-channel communication, automation, and personalization. Applying SOAP will help you provide the best customer journey at a level that will consistently evolve and improve your CX deliverables. For those who've been listening to I Digress, you know how in-depth I talk about the power of simplicity, of simplification, of reducing complexity and chaos and complications from the whole process. So when you have simplicity, simplicity can be easily repeatable. Simplicity can be easily tracked and measured. Simplicity can be easily executed and executed in a repeatable fashion to lead to hopefully a repeatable outcome that you want, which is growth, more sales, more scalability, sustainability all the things that I keep reinforcing every single episode of I Digress. So you must make sure that the process to handle crisis, to handle negativity, to respond to positive praise and convert that to testimonial, to convert that to, you know, swag bag, whatever the case might be, the process is simple. Also, when it comes to simplification, you have to be in a state where you're constantly trying to make it even more simple. There's always going to be something that comes up and you got to figure out how do I simplify this? How do I simplify this? It can come down to a few things. So I always approach it like this. Think of all the ideas and everything and fit into a form of a tweet and then do that again and then do that again it will train you to get rid of the fluff you don't need all the fluff you gotta make it simple what is my objective what is my goal what is my output and what is my desired outcome keep it simple when i think of omni-channel communication so many businesses think when it comes to customer experience oh meet me where the only thing i'm paying for no 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 no. you gotta meet your customers where they are i think Domino's does a phenomenal job when it comes to omni-channel communication they meet you where you are where you feel comfortable with do you want to text your pizza do you want to tweet your pizza 
Do you want to go on the website, on desktop, on mobile? Do you want to go on the app? Do you want to call? Do you want to email? Like, shoot, I know they have it on some voice module where you can, I think, through Alexa or Google Home order from there as well. So it's just thinking about what are the right omnichannel communications I can incorporate that are easy to do, but also, even if it's not easy to do initially, is that what my audience, what my customer base demands? No, the customer isn't always right. But whether they're right or wrong, we have to be on the channel where they can share their grievances or share their praise. Am I right? If we don't are actively involved in listening and engaging with our customer base, we can't provide customer experience worthy of praise and to negate any issues or discord and resolve that so we can keep our experience on the up and up. Then automation. Look, I don't care how big your team is. If you don't have automation, your customer experience is going to be terrible. You want to know why? Because we live in a world where we can order something on Amazon and get it two-day shipping, one-day shipping, same-day shipping, or even the same hour, depending on where you are in the world. We live in a world, in an economy, where everything is instantaneous gratification. And so when we can send our grievance and have an immediate person start feeling out how do we go about resolving this issue, it's going to be very critical and very helpful for us. We have to be able to communicate in a timely fashion, and there's no way you're going to do that on your own. You're going to have to have automation set up to help you do that, especially if you want to scale. And personalization. Nobody wants to feel like you're getting a generic message or you're a generic somebody. Look, I don't care if I paid $5.99 for your product. I paid $500 for your product. I paid 5 Gs for your product. I want to feel seen and heard, and I want to have a conversation right now. You got to personalize these things, not just automate, not just talk on different channels and not just keep it simple. You got to make it personal. And so honestly, simplification, omnichannel and automation are going to help you actually do the personalization. You're going to, you know, pull their first name, pull their identity card, you know, reference, you know, what did they buy? How did they buy? What is going on? Existing customer? Are they a new customer? Are they a pre-customer? Like there's so many labels and categories that you can go approach this, but we got to make it that no matter what. The experience that they get, that touch point, feels personal. It doesn't feel like you're a robot. It feels like you're human and you're trying to get to the bottom of this to maybe pass it on to a, a real human. Maybe the customer doesn't even know that's even happening in real time. But nevertheless, SOAP is going to help you improve your customer experience. Simplification, omnichannel communication, automation, and personalization. Another question that was asked by the MarTech Vibe crew, how do you see the creator economy changing a marketer's game? Creator economy is pushing marketing to a 100% community-first approach. The community has always been important, and with the increasing popularity and valuation of $13.7 billion last year, it is expected to rise exponentially. Marketers and business alike will heavily focus on personalized content, substance of content, and maintain alignment within cultural norms. Instead of focusing on personal personas, marketers will be focusing on community personas and trends and also find overlapping micro-influencers within identified communities to help drive their marketing initiatives. So what the heck are you talking about, Troy? What I'm talking about is community is the goldmine. And where the community is, that's where the creator economy is, and that's where you win. A lot of these blockchain, NFT, you know... All the different substances of Web3, uh, the rise of social audio, the rise of certain startups and trends of apps and things like that were galvanized because of a community. 
So community really is the heart and soul and foundation of a strong creator economy, which has always been around, but now we have the power. It's not gated. You have the power now to build your own. That's what blockchain is for. You see, the thing about the creator economy is there's a big battle for consumer intention. There's an all-out war taking place among social networks for consumer intention, and influencers and creators largely help them garner that attention. And the formula is simple. If you get the influencers, if you get to the heart of that community, which the influencers will help you do, even the micro ones, you will likely get the eyeballs. And if you get the eyeballs, you get the advertisers. And if you get the advertisers, you get the dollars, you get the dollars, you get the brand recognition, the brand awareness, the brand power to scale. And so you're really battling for attention. The algorithm is the algorithm, but it still comes down to human behavior. It still comes down to behavior science, which I talk in episode 44 and 45. Like, yo, if you listen to me and we get this down, like we're going through micro levels of things that we put all together are going to help you get to where you want to go. So go back and listen to episode 44 and 45, where I talk about the East framework and I talk about mind space framework and how when you apply the nine mnemonics, the nine pieces of how we think as humans into play, you will be able to infiltrate that with the help of influencers to build the community and substance of communities to really help you scale quickly within this newly built and expanding creator economy that is not going anywhere that is here to stay and the other thing to think about which i also talk about in the book when i say culture is the gps the speed of change within culture is telling you where we're going with creator economy where we're going with the power of community and where Brands and businesses, whether big or small, whether legacy or new, startup or old, SMB or coming out the gate hot, all matters where you really have to watch the flow of culture. Culture is going to tell you the medium and then the mannerism and then who the players are. And you have to take action. You have to make moves. Even in episode 48, when I talk about and reference the lessons learned from the SFP of HubSpot, around how HubSpot became a billion-dollar business in ARR. And to really bring it on home for the creator economy and how you maximize influencers and maximize the community in that regard, define your persona, prioritize your narrative, and map out your influencers. And a bonus, create convincing messaging. And so when you think about it this way, if you galvanize yourself around micro-influencers who have their own subset communities, you're going to create a social ecosystem, a social universe, if you will, which is also my book, Strategize Up. (laughs) It will allow you to infiltrate and really connect to your audiences in a very dynamic way. And the creative economy is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's just going to keep growing and being stronger and stronger. So for marketers to win, for businesses to win in this creator economy that is now, they must create for the community. They must create for connection. And they must command attention for consistent conversions. And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Digress. What was your takeaway? Care to share your thoughts and tag Troy on social media? You can find him on all platforms at Find Troy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review or comment for this episode from wherever you're listening. Looking for a marketing strategist to build the structure, strategies, and systems you need to get the success you want and the ROI you desire in your business? Book a discovery call to talk with Troy at findtroy.com. And as Troy's philosophy goes, imagination is the engine, 
Content is the fuel, social media is the highway, marketing is the roadmap, sales is the destination, culture is the GPS. Thanks for listening. Yeah.